You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. For the year is spirit-led saints. And the theme is based on Romans 8 and 14, which states, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Figuratively speaking, a son refers to a mature person. Mature. A person that according to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 made a decision to put away childish things. And it should come a point in all of our lives to, to where we should get tired of doing dumb stuff. And just say, you, you know, I, I'm too old to be getting mad about this. Yeah, she purposely tried to get on my nerve, but I, 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 I'm too old to keep letting her get to me. I can't tell her what to do, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be grown about it and just let the childish stuff go. You make the decision to grow up. And in order to grow up or mature, it's going to take correction. It's going to take correction. One meaning of correction is the action of setting right. If I'm going to be led by the Spirit, if I'm going to be mature in thought, word, and deed, is going to require correction. Got to get right. I got to get right. If it's the action of setting something right, or setting somebody right, that means I, I just can't play with the word. If the Lord shows me my sin, he's correcting me. Trying to set me in the right place. And when you truly become a son or a mature Christian, you accept correction. You embrace it. You're like Jesus, not as I will. Your will be done. 
if this is not what you want, I'll deny myself and submit my thoughts, my words, and my deeds to you. You have to be mature to accept correction properly. Well, I'll do it. No, that, that, that's not accepting. That's not embracing correction. Well, I don't want to do it, but I'll do it because you said. No, that's not embracing. You accept and receive it because as a mature person, you know that God is not going to tell you wrong. He's going to tell you right. And he's going to always tell you something that's going to make you better. Because sometimes uh, we can get all twisted in the head. And think we're right. <laughs> but be just as wrong as a person trying to put on two left shoes. <laughs> and when it comes to God setting things right as it pertains to his church, it starts with the pastor. The pastor has to be right. I didn't say perfect, I said right. Biblically speaking, righteousness is equivalent with faith when it comes to God. Romans 1 and 17 says, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You can't be in the seat of a pastor and not live by faith. Not be righteous. Some folk think when the pastor teaches and preaches, he, he's, just, he's just teaching to others. But no, the first one that has to heed the word before you, the congregation, hear the word is the pastor. Pastor has to be first partaker of the word. God has to get his shepherd right in thought, word, and deed before his shepherd can go forth and feed his people. That's the reason Jeremiah 3 and 15 says this right here. I'll give you shepherds. According to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give them. And, you, and you're going to know it because their heart is going to be according to mine. And, and the heart is very complicated when it comes to the scripture, in one sense, it has to do with the mind. So you expect a pastor to have a Christ-like mind. You expect a shepherd to embody Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But then the heart also represents the choices. You expect the pastor to choose According to what is written and revealed. Even when his flesh opposes it. 
Oh, yeah, we got to put this flesh under subjection. No matter how mature you become, you're going to always have to put your flesh in check. And again, it starts with the pastor. And ultimately, when, when the pastor's heart is the way it should be, it's going to be manifested as he carries, he or she carries out 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. When Paul said to the church at Corinth, imitate me. Just as I imitate Christ. He told me I had to have his heart. And so I'm thinking like him. I'm talking like him. And I'm acting like him. I'm not perfect like him. But I'm following him. And so I expect you elders. You senior ministers. Ministers and laity and the deacons to likewise get in the same line. It's not, it, it, it's not two lines. Woo, you better tell somebody that there is not two lines. Everybody in the same line. Now, now if you still jacked up or immature, you probably done made your own line. But when you are really striving to be a son of God, you understand it ain't but one line. So, so we just got to follow the pastor as the pastor follows. You may not like what you hear, but there is still only one. You may not fully understand what was taught, what, what was proclamated, what was exhorted, what was prophesied, but there's still only one. And even though you may not fully understand, you do know that you are to follow as the pastor follows Christ. Well, I got my own revelation because I have the Holy Spirit too. Not, not if you're not in the same line. There's only one Holy Spirit. And when you have made a line saying God telling you not so. Holy Spirit is headed in one direction. John 16 and 13 says he will guide you into all truth. Not your feelings. Not what you want to do. Not what you believe. Truth. And one thing truth does, it corrects. That's the reason Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It'll set you right. How many know the truth will tell you not to do what you may be desiring to do? Woo, when you first got saved, you, you were used to going to the club on Saturday. And you done got the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden something on the inside of you telling you, you know you ain't got no business thinking about that club, not going to that club. That was nothing but the Holy Ghost. Why? He going to tell you exactly what to do and not to do. He's going to correct you. And again, if you are striving to be mature or if you are truly mature in God, you are going to embrace correction. You're going to embrace it. 
you're going to accept his will. Even though your flesh wants something else. It don't try to look like you never have trouble with your flesh. I'm always in the spirit path. Mm-hmm. And we're in Las Vegas right now. And you know we ain't in Vegas. And we know you ain't always in the spirit. Paul said there is a wrestle between the flesh and the spirit. And it requires correction. In order to do the right thing. And as humans, we fight correction. We'll try to throw our little education in it. We'll try to throw what we feel, what we sense, what God showed us. But look, if you are out of the will of God, you can have a dream that you call the most heavenly dream you ever had. But you still, as wrong as wrong can be. Well, I feel like saying, now, if you are out of the will of God, I don't care what you feel. What kind of vision you done had. You are wrong as wrong can be. God has his word so tight. To where if we really consider it. And walk there in. He will cause everything. To work out for our good and we won't have to fight each other argue with each other all we have to do is just follow his word and when all is said and done everybody is going to be blessed by him everybody everybody that's how, that's how tight his word is. We don't have to be jealous, envious, or anything. All we got to do is just stay in the word. Be led by the spirit. Be grown up when it comes to stuff. And God will bless us every step of the way. We'll be walking in, in, in uh, Old Testament blessings when the Lord used Moses to tell folks, everywhere you go, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be the head and you ain't never going to be the tail. You're going to live above only and never beneath. But it was one condition. If you just Stay in my word. If you just do what I tell you to do. And so, Solomon, a wise man, knew that even when it comes to sons or mature people, People that are striving. That there are still going to be temptation. They are still going to have to deal with. Certain struggles. Certain evil desires. To the point to where. They will not want to be corrected. I know what he said, but it feels so good.
you quote the scripture, but you can't live it because you don't want his correction. Ooh, some of us have been there. That word will be tearing you up too. You know you all out the will of God. Lie on God. God understands. Yeah, yeah. He understands. You robbing him, but you said he understands. Yeah, he understands. You robbing him. God knows my heart. Yeah, and he ain't the only one. Because the way you talk, the way you act, exemplifies what's in your heart. Jesus himself said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes what comes out is in complete contrast to the will of God. And so, Solomon here in Proverbs 3 and 11, he, he addresses sons. And he, he addresses sons with a warning. A warning. He does not want sons to to despise nor detest God's correction. He does not want that to happen. Because for some reason, uh, ecclesiastically uh, are pertaining to the church. Some folks, when they get older, I have been in church a long time, not necessarily mature spiritually, but have been in the church a long time, have, have been in a position a long time. Get so complacent to where you can see that their hunger, their thirst for God, specifically righteousness, is not in the place that it should, should be. Some even get to the point to where they feel like when the word comes forth, it's for somebody else. I actually, I actually heard a brother years ago tell somebody, say, say I, seen, I seen you dancing and shouting and doing all that. He, he said, but after a while, you, you'll get comfortable and, and, and you won't shout or dance as much as you're doing right now. And I said to the person that had just got saved, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. I say the fire God puts in you. He never wants it to be quenched. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you love Jesus more now than you ever have. Some of you, you still got your dance. You still got your. Ask your neighbor, do you still have your fight? Do you still speak in tongues? Or have you got to. I still pray in tongues every single day. I still give God a hallelujah, a many hallelujahs every single day. I still believe that holiness is right. I still believe that the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit is speaking in 
somebody, I don't even want to cross the street without the Holy Spirit. But some of us, you can't say without thinking when the last time was that you spoke in tongues. The last time you went on a fast to put your flesh under subjection. Even though you've been in the church 20 years. And, and, and this is the sad thing. Some folks get so complacent. Babes will come in the church and start outgrowing them. And they'll still think that they're all right. Even some pastors. Elders. Senior ministers and my brethren, the deacons. And so again, Solomon has to warn the son. And God sent me to the text to do likewise, to warn the mature, the Christians who healed who he is calling for to be led by the Spirit. You can't detest correction. You can't despise it. When you despise something or somebody, you start to look down on, on them. It's that haughty or proud attitude. Something that Solomon also said that God hates. He hates, get this, a proud look. I don't ever want to be on God's hate list. Ooh, I thought I was going to get some help. I said I don't ever want to be on God's hate list. When you won't receive correction, one of the reasons is because you're proud. You like to justify what you do. And so when you despise, you look down on. Get this. One Hebrew meaning of despise, figuratively speaking, is to disappear. You're being corrected. And that correction is coming so to the point to where you're tired of it. You don't want to hear it, so you stop coming around. I got to find me somewhere to go. That's a little easier than this. I got to find me somewhere to go so where, where, where somebody would be okay with what I'm what I'm doing and so a disappearing begins to take place you hear something all of a sudden you gotta go to the bathroom you ain't got to go no bathroom you just don't want to hear what's I ain't gonna be able to be there tonight cause yeah you could be there but the problem is You're looking down, detesting 
what you should be embracing. Because see, God going to whoop all of us. You say that to somebody, God gonna get all of us. You can't point no finger at nobody as if God is not gonna put a lick on you. He's gonna put a lick on you as well. Some folks have the audacity to say, it seems like pastor just preaching on me. Do you understand if pastor don't preach what God told him to preach, that God going to put a good whipping on him? Get this. That's the reason Paul said, woe unto me. If I don't preach Woe unto me. Woe means I'm in trouble. If I don't say it. The trouble with pastors across this world is that there is no longer a woe in them. They are afraid that if they tell folk the truth that they will walk out the church. They'll stop giving God's tithes and offerings. And so, you have thousands of pastors that don't even have a woe. If they preach something hard, they'll go home worried. I, I, I hope so, so and so didn't get mad. What, Lord, I hope she didn't get mad. Good, look, good God, because. What she give is half of the money coming in church. That's somebody who loves money. Ain't got no business pastoring in the first place. You agree with me? Put them hands together and say, show me right. When the church first started over on Newton Road, we had, we had this guy that he brought all the chairs to the church. All of, of the pulpit furniture he put up there. He was given 90% of the money in the church. Of course, he wasn't giving it to God. He was just giving 90% because I eventually found out he wanted certain things mm -hmm. and so he came to me he, he, he said look he said I, I just want one little you to do one little thing I said what is that he said uh, I want you to change the name of the church I said you know God is the one that gave us a place of refuge. Yeah, but I just want you to change the name. And you know the flesh said, now you know this is 90% of the money right here. Oh, you know temptation gonna always be there. I said, listen, let me pray about it, and I, and I said, and we, we'll talk about it. I'm going to see what God got to say about it. Well, I want you to know now, I'm the one that gave you all the chairs. And you know that nice podium you got up there, which it wasn't that nice, but, I, but it was. <laughs> but anyway, he said, you know it. I said, uh, let me just go and pray about it. 
And so he reminded me again. I said, look, I tell you what, I ain't really got to pray about it. No. He got up, left. Hold, hold your clap for a minute. He got up, left, and went home and got his truck with his trailer on the back. Now, he had told me the Lord told him to give us all that stuff, but he pulled. The truck up with the trailer, and his sons were with him, and all in was six foot plus. I was the only one at church at the time, and so he came. He came. He said, "Well, if you can't change it, I guess we'll just get our, our stuff out of him." So the Lord didn't tell you to give it then. He didn't say a word. He got all the stuff out of the church. Except one little metal brown chair. Because the rest of it he, he gave. Bible study came. We had to stand up. Didn't have no chair. No chairs. But we praise God until that floor sweated. What about a few of us? We praise him until the floor sweated. And so I learned early, Lord, I, I ain't going to ever not teach or preach what you tell me. I don't care how much money somebody is giving I'll never ever do it y'all understand what I'm saying and at the time I needed money big time I said I needed money I needed money. But I was not going to compromise. No. And get this. And so, what I'm teaching you is true because he looked down on what I said. And he disappeared. And that happens to every God ordained church. People will hear, look down on it because they don't want to be corrected, and will disappear. Y'all holding on. Even happened to Jesus. In John the sixth chapter, Jesus preached a word that that. The people that heard it described as hard. They said to Jesus, this is a hard saying. Who can do this? And they left. Jesus looked at the original disciples and, and he, he asked them, y'all going to? Let me make sure that we're we cleaning house that, 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 that y'all go with them. I had to start a place of refuge over uh, in the beginning at least three times. I'm telling you about the first time when the man just backed up and just pulled everything out. The next time was when I told him God was going to give us some land. And it was going to be and it was going to be free. And so a guy gave us some land. And when we got to the land, God said, look, this is not the place I want you to be in. And I just told him point blank, look, God said, this is not the place. It's, it's going to be somewhere else. Over half of the folk left. But see, God was correcting me. He was setting preacher right. The preacher got to be right. The pastor got to be right.
If it be true, tell somebody, I don't want no jack leg leading me. And then when we finally got to this place, it was an old broke down well in the middle of it. And when you look at it, it, it didn't look like you could even build, build nothing on it. And you couldn't. Because we had to haul in, I can't tell you how much dirt. Before we even thought about putting down a foundation. And it took so long getting the dirt and getting the foundation and getting the money to do this, that, and the other to well. Then come some more folks. We got to go. It's taking too long. But God was correcting me. Despise not the correction. No. Embrace it. Embrace it. You know, you, you're being corrected again and again, and again but you got to embrace it. Folk look now and say, you know, old pastor walk over there. He, he got it. You don't know what I done been through. And even what I yet go through. Then, I, then you have folks say, you know, I want to be just like Pastor Walker. I say, yeah, you, you, want to, let's, you want to be like me from the start? Are you talking about what you see on Sunday morning? <laughs> Which one you want to be, the one from the start or the one you see on Sunday morning? I want to be the one on Sunday morning. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If you going to grow in God, correction is necessary. That's the reason Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. And it's going to take you being set right. Walker, you ain't right in that. Well, Lord, I thought you said free land. Yeah, but you should have checked with me and asked me, is this the free land before you had your picture taken to put in the Carroll County Times, George? <laughs> Didn't check with him. I just thought it was the land because it was free. I can't tell you how many times I had to be corrected to really understand who God truly is. Isaiah said it right. His thoughts are not as our thoughts. His ways are not as our ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts. And so are his ways. And the only way you're going to get to know him is by being corrected. <laughs> and then Solomon says here in Proverbs 3 and 12 as, as I close that if the father corrects you it's love. And he delights in you. Just as a father delights in his, his son. So when he let all them folk leave. He was loving me.
So when he allowed me to get the photo, put it in the Times, George, and two days later said, look, that's not the right place. He was loving me. Yeah. God will allow you. You holding on? To see how you will mess up yourself without him. The reason we need to be spirit led, because if we're not, we're gonna mess up ourselves. By show of hands, how many have ever messed up yourself? Get this, when you just knew you was right. We can't even trust ourselves. And God don't want us to trust ourselves. Y'all didn't say nothing when I said that. Proverbs 3, 5 and following said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Get this. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. And then he calls it evil and tells you to depart from it. When you start thinking you know what's best for you, you are operating in evil. So, I'm, so let me tell you, pastors have to be corrected. If a, if a pastor that does not give a church a ram of word week in and week out has not went through correction. But when you have a pastor that can come forth and give you a ram week in and week out, understand this. The reason that pastor has got to that level, one reason is because of correction. God loves you he delights in you when you're you're correct or when he corrects you I'm going to show you two scriptures and then I'm done y'all staying with me let's go to Proverbs 10 two scriptures and I'm done Remember, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as the father, the son, in whom he delights in. So he loves you when he corrects you. But consider Proverbs 10 and 17. Ready? He who keeps instruction is in the way of life. But he who refuses Correction goes astray. Or that person is not on the right path. It, it, it's amazing. You, you can be on the wrong path and still prosper. But get this, it's not God's prosperity. We understand that there's a difference between divine prosperity and general prosperity. God's prosperity of blessings makes you rich and he has no sorrow with it. God's wish in reference to prosperity starts with your, your soul. It starts with you being right. That's the reason 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray a wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your, your soul does prosper. His blessings, His correction will put you on the path you need to be on. And it's amazing because his path initially 
may be nothing but trials, troubles, hard times, and so forth. But all of it is used to correct you. To make you into the person that God has ordained for you to be. So you will get to the point to where you won't just accept anything. You won't compromise your integrity. You won't degrade yourself just because something makes you feel good. You won't do it. Last scripture. Proverbs 15. Verse 5. A fool despises his father's instruction. But he who receives correction is prudent. To be prudent is to be wise and successful. To be prudent is to be wise and successful. You just didn't receive wisdom or knowledge and understanding. You put it into action in order to be successful therefore you are you're prudent and I'm done let's get a lot of hand of praise